Yeah. <coughs> 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 it's early. Uh, it's early in the Get morning. Black lung. Yep. <coughs> Seriously. All right, let's uh, do a little episode. Do it. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Metaphorical. I'm not sure if you just said black guy, but that might get us banned. Welcome to Out of Practice Podcast Season 2, Episode 2, entitled Betrayal. So, uh, I, I think we should immediately address the black guy. Like I in the room, you are sporting a pretty impressive shiner. That's true. I was uh, in a in a horrible bar fight yesterday. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I was playing racquetball. Um, it's the first time in my life I've ever played racquetball, and uh, I so got, how'd it go? I got smashed in the face <laughs> almost instantly, <laughs> as most things in my life go. Uh, it went pretty well, as you can see. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that that sounds fun. So, where are you in the world right now? Where in the world is Mike and Degliego? And we stole that right from Carmen Sandiego. Um, I did. The, oh, the 90s version, though. Uh, is it different now? Where is Rockapella? Yeah, they have a cartoon now. Oh. Anywho, to answer your question, I'm in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Fergus Falls, Min- oh, Minnesota. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, this was a cool town. And this is my final week on tour. I come back home on Friday. Really excited about it. Oh, my God. It. That's going to be, so are, are you in a business center or? Um, no, I'm in, a, in an Airbnb. You're in an Airbnb, really? Yeah, it's very nice. It's very, very nice. You know, for years, Keith, I, ugh, speaking of our intro, for years when I would go to Starbucks and people would order, you know, a, a black eye, which is like a red eye, but, okay, you know, without milk or anything, I thought they were saying black guy, and I thought, what a terrible name for a coffee that seems racist to me, but I, you know, I don't speak up because I'm not a social. I wasn't a social warrior at the time, but as we know, you and I have both moved into that really coveted role as a social justice warrior now. Says the guy who said midget last episode. Did I? <laughs> you did. I played the whole objection song and everything. Oh uh, well, we're gonna have to reobject to that just as a reminder. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, indeed. Well, how are you this morning? I I mean, we should let the people know that we're doing this bright and early. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it's it's brighter and earlier for you than it is for me because you're in Minnesota time. It's true. So you you and this is not my fault. You chose to uh, 
to do this at 9 a.m. your time. Yeah, well, because the next few days we have, and you're going to, this will speak to you, we have yeah. some 10 a.m. children's shows um, oh, to do no. with talkbacks, which would be fine. You know what? The Inspiring the high school kids, the, the, the theater performers of the future. Cool will they it. be inspired? Well, no, <laughs> because we're doing a tracked show. There's no musicians. And on top of that. Yeah. It's for elementary students. Oh, interesting. And we sing very old music, so <laughs> I, I just don't, it's going to be an absolute catastrophe, and I really, I'm really excited about it, let me tell you. Oh my god, are you going to like re- redo the Jersey Boys lyrics about spaghetti or something? Uh, once again, I'd like to remind you, we are not affiliated with the Jersey Boys. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I'm legally allowed to say the words, actually. So I, I see. All right. So the four seasons, and you're going to do the song about like fall, winter, spring. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know that. Yes, exactly. Now I'm. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm sorry. It's nine a.m. <laughs> nine a.m. in Minnesota. Yes. It's yeah. So many things in my life are going right right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, strangely, it, it's so many like, especially with what we do. There are so many wacky situations that both say everything is going terribly wrong and everything is going exactly as we want it to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, what just happened there? I just heard a clip of you talking from a, a different thing. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to, to queue up the episode while we're talking because I'm trying to like you know multitask like a professional, but I, I can't do it. You know, a professional would have set it up before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. That, that, but but hey, you know I can stall, because I am you know as the uh, as the crow flies. <laughs> no, I know as a professional podcaster. I was gonna say like I usually make a joke like I'm a thousand air. Okay, but yeah, in yeah. this case, mm-hmm. we're not even a dollar air. Yeah, yeah, yeah podcast. So <laughs> we're like a handful of cents airs. We're well professional on the way, podcast. Well, well on our way to a dollar. Um, so Pretty let's get a couple of things out of the way. Um, yeah. if, if you want to write us uh, as you oh, start to find this podcast, you can do so at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Plus, we've been gathering gifts from each of the episodes. Where Once I get home, we're even going to do it more. We're going to start our Instagram, uh, build it out. It's outofpracticepodcast. We also have outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Follow us, love us, like us, leave us a great review on your podcast service of choice and or leave uh, us a bad review we'll read it yeah we got give us something to read we can't read keith's wife's every week <laughs> well you know i was excited about like we finally had enough ratings on uh on apple podcasts to get a rating we do we finally had four and all you know and only three of them are probably us just stealing people's phones i di- i can't they won't let me rate our own podcast so these must be legitimate what is our rating we we have five stars <laughs> That is, we don't have we don't have five ratings. That is but. three more stars than are in the podcast. Let me tell you. <laughs> I think that's five more stars than are in the podcast. Yeah, well, Keith, I was trying, buddy. I mean, Aww. we got to talk it up a little bit. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Somebody did tell me they're like, you guys are so self-deprecating that it's not really incentivizing anyone to listen. I was like, well, that's how we roll. Wait, who, who like? There was somebody listening. Yeah, my British roommate is. <laughs> <laughs> The guy wearing noise canceling headphones so as not to hear us. Shout out to at Simon Pearl uh, on on Instagram. Anyway, at Simon. Well, hey, you know I have another shout out too. Let's do it. 
if you'd believe it, I this week I'm launching with my two brothers, my two my other podcast. Tell us all about that. This is it. We're I excited have, about this. I have another podcast, and this one is very different. It is called Wisdom of One, and it is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Oh yeah. If you'd think like I couldn't like scrape the bottom of the barrel of dorkdom, I have truly I've gotten there fully. But th- this one is actually it's it's very different. Basically, it's me and my two brothers, uh, one of whom is a Emmy nominated sound engineer and sound effects designer. So it will be better than this, quite substantially. Vastly, profoundly better than this, uh, because uh, Sean edits the episodes. And does sound effects as if it were an episode of television. Yeah, so that like you know when you like the arrow hits the the guy and they die or whatever, like you hear an arrow an arrow go by. That he actually uh, the arrow sound effects he recorded himself for a I think it was like a National Geographic special or whatever on Columbus. And so he went out with his own bow and arrow and set up a microphone and shot arrows by the microphone so it's actually his own sounds and so it's pretty cool and uh and with my younger brother scott and we basically we play D and uh turn it into an episode and we play D in the way that it should be played where we realize it's comedy not drama so it's it's pretty ridiculous and now, we've got little songs and fake now, commercials now how and- will our dear listener find this podcast Keith? oh well you can find it on any of your uh favorite podcasting sites you just search for wisdom of one and there's a there's a little uh logo it's green it's got a got a 20-sided die with a one on it so go to town check it out it's i you know it's far far more professional than this one well then i can't wait to only listen to the first 10 minutes of that one like most podcasts so absolutely so if you love this show but you want less degs and more professionalism I'm going to guess. I'm going to be a guest. I've already, I've already invited myself. Oh, great. That, that would be fun. Uh, my brother has a podcast. Um, <laughs> we're not pro- pro- plugging everybody's podcast. Another time, once I'm on that one. Um, let's move forward. <laughs> What's our, let's, 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 let's move this train along. Well, you should at least say the name of your brother's podcast. Uh, Men of a Certain Age. Um, and it's uh, kind of, he's yet to really zero in on what they're talking about, but it's, it's a variety of things. He's a doctor, so sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's uh, less serious. Like, this weekend is WrestleMania, so they'll be, we'll be doing a preview of all the oh. matches and such. Oh, WrestleMania, that's big in your family. Uh, yes, we're, you, you're, you have a certain corner of dorkdom uh, in your family, and uh, we just, we cover the more white trash side. Yeah, well, that, that that's all right. You know, we cover virginity and you cover white trash. That's great. Mm-hmm. We've got great. a lot of virginity that runs in our family as well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what do you say we... Uh, I think we should talk about Season 2, Episode 2, which aired on... Uh, it, it aired at a certain time, at a certain day. September 23rd, uh, 1997. Thank you. Oh, my yeah. God. You totally saved me. This was the uh, the first Tuesday airing of the season. Yes, we're back Tuesdays. The, yeah, back on Tuesdays, right where it should be until they switched to Sundays. But uh, time to talk about... This day in the basement. So, September 23rd, 1997. What were you doing, Degs? Oh, man, I'm going to cheat. So, I was in high school... Uh, starting my sophomore year, 
And uh, sophomore wouldn't have been your junior year. I graduated in '99, so '96, '97, '97, '98. Yeah, so my my junior year. Yeah. And I was with my first girlfriend at the time. Um, oh, you had a girlfriend in high school. Yes. You probably um, don't have a D&D podcast. Uh, yes, I did have my, 25 my years first later. girlfriend. And I thought that all these years later, in my new basement in New York, which isn't really a basement, but my apartment, you know, we live in tiny shoeboxes, so they are ostensibly basements. Right. Uh, I have my last girlfriend. And today's my five-year wedding anniversary. So I Congratulations. thought I would take my my time in the basement to just uh, give a shout out to my wife who puts up with my nerdiness and keeps me from ever becoming a new virgin. So thank you to my lovely wife. Happy anniversary on this, my piece of time in this day in the basement for episode two, season two. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Mike and Jen. It was a beautiful wedding. Yes. I had a really good time. All those years ago. Yeah, you got in a fight with somebody. I, they went, you got in like a, a car racing match. I can't remember what happened. Oh, no. no it wasn't a fight. Actually, it was a fight that the other party was not aware that they were in. <laughs> those are the best. Usually <laughs> windows. Like all of my fights are internal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, one, one of your guests might have blown by us while we were driving at like a hundred and something miles an hour on these back and roads. We're in the middle of nowhere on the middle of nowhere. And then we got pulled over because we were right behind it. Oh. And the cop got confused. I think maybe you, I think maybe you didn't tell me that part of the story to save my wedding so that I wasn't concerned for you. I didn't know you got pulled over. Yes. That saved your wedding. <laughs> I am the hero that saved your wedding. Well, we're all the hero of our own story. Aren't we? <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, for my this time in the basement, I don't have anything heartfelt or interesting whatsoever. But I was um, actually that I was I was triggered by what was in the uh, in the news in Vermont about this, but because it, it was reminding me of uh, another summer job. But I this was the summer I think I had my first summer job. Oh wow! What was your first summer job? And it was actually pretty cool. I worked in a small coffee roasting. Uh, plant and it was called Brown and Jenkins Trading Company and what we would do is we would like the there's just me and this other dude he'd roast the coffee and then I would be like packing all of the different flavors and into bags for shipping oh that's cool and it was really cool because like a like the place it smelled pretty good in there I'll tell you what um <laughs> but and it, yeah it was like I didn't even really drink coffee at that point but like I smelled like coffee it's one of those few like summer jobs you come home smelling better than you left um but i think what was funny about that place is i was such a nerd even in 97 that i was i went to the guy guy who owns it i'm like dude john you there's this thing called a website and you could actually sell your coffee on the website on the internet because he was entirely mail order catalog and phone and he's like no man nobody will ever do that that's crazy like what that, that's just a big waste of time like listen we, we got a thing we're gonna do and uh happily he did eventually i checked they are still opening they're, they're still yeah, open you can go to brown and jenkins coffee uh online and order yourself some coffee where some other smart ass 17 year old is probably telling him about like vr coffee or something vr coffee yeah that sounds disappointing. It does. Most VR is disappointing. I actually quite enjoy it. Um, I Do have, you? We have an Oculus Rift at the office at home, and uh, it's pretty cool. 
it, when but it gets it, to where it needs to be, I think I think it's going to be pretty revolutionary. You, I think I think so too. But I want like, is it cool for more than like fifteen minutes? I th- I think so. I think, but I don't think gaming where it lives right now in the gaming space, which is cool. I think when it gets to like tourism and virtual uh, sightseeing and stuff, it's going to probably blow more minds. I've certainly been intrigued about having the uh, like you know where you can watch a movie. In yeah, it, where cool. like you, you're like in a theater and you can see like the super big screen, I'm sort of waiting for that. Like I know it's there and I need to try it. Yeah, but but, I, but even that they can't get that above 1080p. So it's like it's like going to the movie theater and watching a movie at 1080p. It's not. I mean, right. give me the 8k or whatever it is. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll get there. Well, you can so, tune uh, into our our science podcast to hear all of those riveting details. Oh, good lord. <laughs> uh. So let me see what else was going on in the world right there. Um, first off, I'll just I'm gonna throw on our top song again. Oh. Mariah Carey continued with uh, dominating the charts with "Honey." The top movie was In and Out, which I had to look it up and figure out what it was, but I remember it now. It's about a high school teacher who was outed at the Oscars. Mm. Uh, by one of his students and trying to fit in and like the whole movie was about him learning to embrace that because he was in the closet and nobody knew and he didn't even really know and so on and so forth and I I wonder how it would hold up today because in the 90s it it was still very much in the forefront of having gay characters and identities and um and was it I think it was uh wait who who was in that movie but anyway uh I'd be very curious to see it again. I think I did watch it back in the day. Did you know that in on September 23rd, 1997, the most popular name for girls in the United States was Emily, and the most important and most uh, popular name for boys was Michael? That sounds about right. I, I remember, like, Emily and Michael were very common names. I, I, I had a girl named Emily who lived right next door. I had a crush on her a I only bit. know a few Emilys, turns out. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did uh, you yes, know that Kevin Klein. in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, on uh, September 23rd, 1997, it was a balmy 50 degrees. It got up to 66 degrees Fahrenheit. 43 degrees was the low. Yeah, that's not interesting. But you know what was happening in the, in the Burlington Free Press? I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> September 23rd. Uh, the headline was IBM Refines Chip Revolution. Ooh. And IBM uh, was very big back then in the uh, in the air because they had a big uh, manufacturing plant making uh, microchips. And that was a huge part of the economy at that point. I remember like Essex, which is where the IBM plant was, like, oh, their schools have all the money because IBM is there. And um, it's gone now because microchips don't get made here anymore. But I, speaking of summer jobs, spent a summer job making microchips at that IBM plant. Wow, now that is something we need to talk about uh, when people aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll use it for one day at the basement. That that's where I met my first unapologetic racist. Ooh, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Yeah, some sure. Colonel Sanders looking dude is like, "What do you mean the Civil War is over?" In Vermont. Wow. And at a table where I was sitting next to like my best buddy at work who was black. Keith, go ahead and roll that objections bumper. Oh, let's do it. Jackson! 
there will be an appeal. Objection! Hit me! So, two nights ago, uh, at my wife's show in uh, Off-Broadway, New York, uh, two, two um, celebrities, sometimes celebrities... Fiddler in Yiddish. Yeah, Fiddler in Yiddish. Sometimes celebrities go backstage... And uh, she spent the evening with two very important celebrities. One, Alan Alda from a television oh show. Oh my all God, yeah. Alan Alda. Ugh, what a national treasure. But more importantly to us. Yes. The one, the only. Yeah. Cameron Mayheim. Cameron Mannheim went to Fiddler in Yiddish. No, Cameron Mayheim went. No, no, Cameron Mannheim went. <laughs> and do you know what my wife told her about this podcast? And what did she tell her? Absolutely nothing. Completely didn't even mention that we think about the connection we could have made. She right. said nothing. I object, Jen. You dropped the ball. She even texted me. She's like, guess what I just met? Guess what I just met? She set it up like she said something to this lady. Right, right. Nothing. Well, here, I have a reverse objection. Okay. That was the right call, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> what? Keith. You can't take the piss out of our own show. We, she could have been like, "Oh my God, my the, uh, you guys are you're featured in a podcast." My husband does. No, I, I mean it's sure. And like, as as I mentioned in the pilot, I've met Cameron. She's uh. super super nice. Uh, but if if I thought that the people who worked on the show listened to us, I would get to, I would I would definitely get too like too nervous about saying. I know anything you change critical. your name again, wouldn't you? I would absolutely change my name again. <laughs> oh man. All right, so there's that. So indirectly, we have a huge fan in uh, Eleanor. She loves the show, and she says she can't wait to take place to take part and be an interviewed guest. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. So indirectly, meaning in your brain. Uh, yeah, in let's your... go ahead and start the episode. Tell me about episode two in season two, betrayal. Okay. Uh, well, as we mentioned, it, it aired on September 23rd, 1997. It was written by series creator David E. Kelly, who has now written most of the episodes. But it was directed, get this, West Wing Weekly fans, it was directed by Tommy Schlamme, who was <laughs> Tommy uh, Schlamme? one of the... Uh, Thomas Schlamme. Oh, okay. Known to his friends and podcasters who have never been in the same state as him, as Tommy Schlamme. No, Tommy Salami. No, no. Uh, <laughs> and he uh, he was an executive producer and director on The West Wing for a long time um, and is inc- is incredibly talented uh, producer, director. He also produced on Sports Night, directed uh, lots of The Americans, House of Cards. Um, you know, and it, it's interesting, like, when you watch The West Wing and you see that he directed it, you're like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. He does like the, like the the awesome ones. Um, did some ER and uh, Mad About You. So he Chicago Hope. He's done a lot of stuff over over the years. Um, but it, when I watched the episode the first time, I didn't clock who directed it, and I was like, "This is a really sure-handed episode." Like this is like I think this is one of the classic practice episodes, and. Uh, and now I realize it was directed by Thomas Schlamme. So, very exciting. Uh, definitely, you can feel like we're, we're starting to cook. You can feel starting the salami. You can feel the salami. It's cured. The meat is cured. <laughs> we have not cured our podcast, however. Yeah, yeah we're working on it, though. <laughs> 
Um, all right, well, let's uh, go ahead and insert an advertisement here. Advertisement! Now that we've... We're going to record another one someday, but it's not going to be this week, so get ready to enjoy the old ad we've been doing this whole time. Yeah, we're going to workshop that, Keith. I think there's it's got legs. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, what do you say... You and I, oh, I guess I got to share it, the screen, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is where uh, you didn't do your homework before, so I'm just going to... Uh, I literally rolled out of bed and... Uh, yeah, well, to be... Yeah, uh, like, credit where credit is due. It is Saturday. You got up at eight something in order to do a podcast for free yeah. for no particular reason that Cameron Mannheim doesn't know about. Oh, she loves it. Oh, God, does she love it. <laughs> She's like, I mean, I feel like she would. Yeah. Like, you know, she she's definitely, like, at least in my 30 seconds with her, a very kind and generous person who I think would appreciate. I told her I was a big fan of her on the practice when I met her. And she was like, uh, thanks. Earrings. <laughs> do you think she ends her sentence with earrings? I do. I'm sure of it, in fact. Yeah, I, could I just get a, a large coffee and a bagel with cream cheese earrings? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, already the scoring is better than we've ever heard. Well, let's talk about the scoring. We haven't even gotten past simulcast in Spanish, but I think it's important to uh, point out what we're listening to here is the Lacrimosa from Mozart, Mozart's Requiem, uh, which is one of the most beautiful pieces of classical music written out there. And not to be a bummer, but it was a, it was an it was a cool like moment in my life. Um, at a music school at Eastman, we, uh, we sang, we rehearsed and performed the entire Mozart's Requiem five days after nine 11. Wow. That's what our school did in response to 9-11, is that this, the Sunday after that Tuesday, we all performed Mozart's Requiem. So it has a special place in my heart. That's really special. M my tribute uh, right after 9-11 was a little less um, ceremonious, uh, yet, the, yet nonetheless heartfelt. I was doing a production of Your Good Man Charlie Brown out in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. And oh, interesting. Here's what they did before the show. It got dead quiet. You know, people are waiting, anticipating, and Snoopy walks on stage, whips out an American flag, and stapled, not stapled, like sticks it to his little doghouse. Walks back off stage. There's this huge round of applause. Like people needed to get it out, you know. And then the show just started. Sure. It was, it was such a simple little stupid thing. But yeah, I, I, I think anything I think that makes you know? sense. I think yeah. that's, I think that's appropriate. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> how, how did <laughs> no. we get to nine eleven? <laughs> This is the kind of, oh, forget it. Yeah, how did we ever get there? What a fancy apartment. We're in a fancy apartment here. Very fancy apartment. A man, in, he's very nervous. Oh, boy. Because some dude has been stabbed in the heart on his couch. Well, I can know that voice anywhere. Rush. All right, let's do it. 
I know that. Well, we don't know anything about him yet. From somewhere, that is a man who needs no introduction. That is John, John Larroquette. Wow. The legendary John Larroquette, who most people would know from Night Court. Yeah. Uh, He's about to go to Night Court, isn't he? He might about be going to Night Court. Um, yeah. John Larroquette is an absolute legend. Um, mostly from his, uh, Incredible performance in Star Trek 3 as a Klingon. I bet you didn't know that happened. Uh, Roll it. Roll okay. it. Okay, fine, fine. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn here. This far, no, no further. further. So here's the question. So think through your Star Trek knowledge. Star Trek 3 plays a Klingon opposite another legendary mostly comedic actor as another klingon can you guess who that was yeah christopher lloyd there's a oh yeah i'm trying right? to remember john larroquette though well he's unrecognizable okay like you you don't like he plays like the other henchmen where like christopher lloyd they did enough with his makeup to be like oh yeah no that's christopher lloyd he's gonna send you know 10,000 gigawatts at the uh, Enterprise. Did they let Larroquette keep his, like, white mullet? No, no. <laughs> Larroquette's white mullet wasn't there yet. That was 83, I think. Oh, I thought it was er- ever-present. It was ever-green, you know? Ever-gray? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh! Is he dead? Oh, wait. One more thing about John Larroquette. <laughs> okay, yeah. I-, I saw him in How to Succeed with Harry Potter. Oh. He was very, very good. Had to dance. It was pretty impressive. Cricket sound effect, please. Hey, you're a Broadway person. You should care about this. How does it succeed in business on Broadway? Christopher Ashley's choreography. This time I've gone too far. I'd be confessing to my priest right now if I wasn't such a bad Jew. Come on, let me have it. What do I do? What what do you mean, what do you do? You've done enough, Joey. My lawyers advise you. This guy's not getting any older. What do I do? Do, do, do. um, Coming in hot with the comedy. Uh, Joey, excuse us a sec. Now, I get that they're defense attorneys, and I get that they're around de- death and dead bodies a lot, but they are very cool, calm, and collected in this scenario. Well, it, they have professional detachment. Also, John Larroquette is, like, throwing out zingers. Yeah. I'd be confessing to my priest right now if I weren't such a bad Jew. Good line. I told him you shouldn't that bowling shirt he's wearing, though. Do we have to call the police by law? Oh, I, I don't know. It's obstruction of justice if we don't. I don't think so. The only obstruction of justice around here is that my wife didn't talk to you about our podcast, Cameron. This is privilege. Gene, we could be considered witnesses. Am I on the meter for this? Look, if he's yes. not dead, we'd have... He is dead. This is my feeling. No, he's got a butcher knife sticking into his heart, but he, he might have a chance. Yes. Might be all right. You better check. You check. You did a stint as a nurse. There's no toy arrow through the heart or through the throat. Sick. Don't touch him. He's evidence. He's dead. (laughs) 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 You okay? His arm just spasmed up and touched him. You okay? Oh. Don, tell her what she's won. Wow. 
zings everywhere. <laughs> Zing, I, I think that's the best cold open of the series so far. It's funny, you've got a murder, we're already like mid-story, and John Larroquette is throwing out zingers right and left. That was like a stand-up routine. It really was. It was like a it's like a farce. Man, I'm they are charming the shit out of that cobra. And they're gonna shoot it with some lasers next. Man, oh we got the extended remix today. Well, you know, I, I like the FX logo. We're gonna get some more accidental commercials. Hashtag FX, we keep pushing Hulu, but who knew? <laughs> you thought I was kidding. Oh, sex workers. You're on probation, Jennifer. Next time it's jailed. How many times do I gotta say it? I'm broke. Well, I don't care. This is not how you make your money. Which one is it? It's next right. A lot of sex workers that practice works with. Oh, you out with. looking for me? Yeah. No, I wasn't out looking for you, and I didn't need to be, did I? You're standing out on the street corner in a well-lit area wearing that. What are you thinking? Sorry. Apologize to yourself. Ooh. It's you you're hurting. Oh, that's one my mom's used quite often. <laughs> I bet she has. That's right up but there. You with, know, I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry. Oh, God, that's the worst. Uh, I think we should talk about I Know That Hooker with a Heart of Gold somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bumper, a generic bumper that we can fill in. Uh, like this that. actress is Tracy Middendorf, uh, who has uh, worked a lot of things. Don't worry. She, on Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, she was Zial number two out of three. She Roll was a, an, an alien character that, because there was so much prosthetics, they it was actually played by three different women over the course of the series. And we all just, like, pretended like we didn't notice. So... There it is. Unnecessary uh, Star Trek reference. Yes. Line must be drawn here. This far, no further. She was also in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Mission Possible 3. She did the Scream TV series, Boardwalk Empire. And uh, I had a little crush on her back in the day. Mm. Kind of still do. Hey, hey. If you could transfer dimensions into uh, the practice, you could, you could have her, Keith. <laughs> because she's playing a lady of the night, though no lady of the night has ever looked like her. Mm. Ah. Mm. That's a pimp car Jimmy has. The Jimmy car. Listen, Jennifer, you're a smart girl, a good girl. I can judge character. I said that to my wife on our first date. Don't be doing this, please. She said that to me. Here, here. 60 bucks. Did you just give her money? That's sure did. You don't have to do well, that. Take it, take it. You pay me back when you get it. Thank you. Go. Wipe that stuff off your face. I will pay you back. Wipe off my death of mascara. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, I'm sorry. get a paper that, route or something. That. Don't be doing you know, this. Okay? You just, you just gave me crap for making a musical theater reference. Jimmy, remember the song the Little Drummer Boy? The no, I forgot that one. How's it go? The Little Drummer Boy. He didn't have any money or, or presents fit for a king, so he played his drum instead. Well, what's the point? Well, you've done so much for me. I mean, you've basically no. represented me for free, and now you've owe me money. 
Maybe I can do something for you. Something oh, very Jimmy. good. Are you talking about what I think you're talking about? No, she's talking about she wants to teach you chess. But Jennifer, are you nuts? No. I'm just attracted to a very nice man. Somebody I want to give a little something back to. Jennifer, th this ain't such a good idea. All right, kids. Step out of the car, please. Oh, shit. Of course. That is an amazing face. <laughs> well, Keith, I'm going to let you throw it out there. What's our, what's our catchphrase? You got Jimmy! Which in this case stands for Jimmy got arrested for getting he a potential blowjob. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree on that. There seems to be some debate about what I should do next. Three lawyers, triple time, give me something I can use, please. Nobody call the police. He doesn't want us to. It's privileged information. I don't believe this your criminal like defense he's got something to prove here. He's really Certainly acting his face off. have stabbed people before. Joy, could you stop talking and let us Wait think a minute? It. What do we do? Uh, well, we don't have to tell the police, but we can't advise you to break the law because anything you do next is... Uh, let me think. Oh, Back come to the on. Big look, suits. look, my lover Back is found big dead. Obviously, I'm going to be considered a suspect just because I'm All right, gay. So I'm what, you missed, what you missed there, and I know you haven't seen the episode, he just referred to him as his lover. So this is our first gay character on the show. And we're going to get, we'll, we'll definitely, I'll, I'll have some thoughts about this later. Uh, but it's very interesting how 1997 treats the gay character. Mm-hmm. I did it. Continue. He's gay. He'd kill. It's practically a jingle. You did do it. All right. The way I see it, I have three options here. Let's One, confess. Go for manslaughter. Heat of passion. Uh, two, I plead insanity. Statistically, I've got a shot there. And a lot of people think we're sick anyway. I wouldn't go to the bank on that one. Yeah, they're starting already. Low rung, right? Three, well, self-defense. Also, like, the, the first thing he mentions, and they sort of, like, he hits this a couple of times, that... In this world, there is a stereotype that gays are murderers, which, I, you know, I, don't I, remember I grew up in one, that but... time. I don't remember that one. I think that, like, certainly people were made all sorts of uh, ridiculous inferences, but I don't think murderer was one of them. Although his second point, though, that they all think they're sick, uh, most of them sick, think we're sick anyway, is pretty valid. Yes. But yeah, especially for that time. Although against his. I mean, how like can at think the tipping point, dead? we're at the Ellen point, mm -hmm. or roughly now. I didn't do it at all. I came home. That was late I, uh, '90s, Ellen, right? Like '98 or so. And my prince yeah. got on the knife when I tried to help him, but when I pulled it out, <laughs> pull out, pull out, Joe. <laughs> it's really stuck in there. What are your thoughts? He just pulled the knife out. Yeah, Turn I guess up. audio only. That could be missed. Jimmy. Uh, yeah. I I'm his attorney. Oh, Jimmy. Turn right. This, that's the least scandalous thing any of these people have done. <laughs> that's, that is the lesser of the things that Jimmy could have been arrested yeah. for so far. Are you going to tell me? I... need another minute. Mr. Brax, 
So to backtrack just a slight bit, that was April yes. April thirtieth, ninety seven. Was that episode of? So right, April, right, exactly right now, almost right at the same time. Yeah. And interestingly, with the number one movie was was In and Out. Mm. So it, it was like there was it was on the top of everyone's mind in at this point in <laughs> He'll talk to you. He just needs a little time. That murderer Ellen. He found him this way. He said he pulled the knife out. Try to do CPR. Yeah. Homosexuals. I killed him. Oh, I think this we should so play Who's That Homophobic Cop. <laughs> we really need this fill in the blank bumper. I no, I'm going to I'm I I swear one of these days I'm actually going to do that. So, this homophobic cop is Jack McGee, who is a uh legendary character actor who has played every cop and fireman and boxing coach uh ever on television. But I remember him. He did really terrific work on Rescue Me. I never watched Rescue Me. It's really good. It's a it's a really interesting show. Uh, I don't believe in it, firemen. You, you don't. So wait, I need to unpack this. Okay. You don't believe in firemen in the sense of you don't believe in their mission that they're good for the world, or is it like ghosts? You don't believe they exist. Yeah, that. You don't believe that firemen exist. Yeah, I just, I don't, I never, I've never had one come to my house. So <laughs> it's like Santa Fe. I've never been there. So actually, that's not true. None of this is true. I don't know why, why I'm going down this tangent. You know, I'm changing. I'm changing improv. Instead of yes and, I'm going to be. Uh-huh. In, I want to be just everything to be no but. <laughs> no but. No, no, no. It was but because I was seeing somebody else. He killed himself because of me. It's as if I took that knife and put it in his heart myself. Seeing somebody else, another homo. <laughs> I'd imagine. This was because of me. I mean, a butcher knife I, to the heart? That's you know, quite the way to do it. Huh? And I, I told her to get into the car. Definitely an interesting way. Which she did, and I was just driving her home. You saw a hooker on the corner of the street, so you offered to give her a ride home. Yes. And why were you seen giving her money? Because she was flat broke, and I felt bad. Why was she seen grabbing your belt buckle? Something about the little drummer boy. <laughs> it's true. She didn't have money. Zing, so Jimmy. She wanted to play an instrument or something. I, I, I don't really... We need to start giving our best line of the show, because that one could be up there. Something about the little drummer boy. Remember, I'm completely innocent. And the thing is, I wasn't even going to leave him. The other was more of a... Look at that side eye from Cameron. More of an affair. The other lover, that would be another man. Yes. Yeah. Well, well spotted homophobic cop. Can I have the name of this man? I would prefer to keep him out of this. Look, the well-known city councilman is dead. I'm going to need the name of that other man. (laughs) Marty Endelman. And when is the last time you saw this Marty Endelman? Why? Look, he has nothing to do with this. This was a simple suicide. We just need to check things out. Heart. When was the last time you a saw butcher knife? 
I don't want you to worry about it. As far as suicide goes, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but plunging a knife into the direct center of your heart sounds like a, a, a takes a, a lot of balls. Uh, well, it also might be practically impossible or very, very difficult to do. Plus, like you can stab yourself in many different places and just be in a lot of pain for a long time. Whereas this guy, well, I mean, again, 90s TV, it's like, it's yeah. the same thing with the arrow. It's like, oh, I've got this small puncture wound in me and like there's a little bit of blood and I'm instantly dead, which is not true at all. Yeah, but, but they, they do back that up with I'm bloody gurgles, which is pretty graphic. Marty, yeah. please call down. How'd it go? I think they suspect the boyfriend. Should we keep cooperating? Mm, probably. They haven't given him Miranda or anything. Be careful. I'm gonna check the evidence. I got the arraignment pushed up to first on the list, so hopefully we'll be out before most lawyers even get there. I called Helen Gamble. If she covers it, maybe we can make it go away. I still Helen can't believe Gamble. this is even happening. Poor Jimmy. Oh, Bobby's pissed. What's up? So he he can't be pissed because that would be very hypocritical. Didn't he just bang a murderer? He sure did. We had a little incident. What incident? Um, Jimmy got arrested for solicitation. What? It was all a big mistake. Was he dressed as number two pancake? I went out to get something to eat. I saw a client who's, you know, a lady of the evening. I drove her home. I gave her money because she was broke. Then she started rubbing me, and the police suddenly <laughs> showed up. I'm completely innocent. <laughs> <laughs> he is killing it. I'm with you. Hey, <laughs> this is the worst moment of my life. And you think it's funny. I gave her money. I mean, then she started it, rubbing me. Said something about the little drummer the boy. The little drummer boy. I mean, yes. If you're actually in this situation, it's horrible. Yeah. But it's pretty funny. That's the second 211. Yeah. I think they're this one. Oh, yeah, that ASR. What's going on? I'm not sure. I'm going to have to feel it out. As far as I can tell, you're still not a suspect. But if I tell you to stop talking, Joey, just stop. Obligatory practice uh, advice about stopping talking. Which nobody Sarah, does. I can't believe I am being brought back in here. I have a funeral to plan. This is the last thing I need. Please, sit down, Mr. Herrick. Sit. Detective, Peter is Jewish. By Jewish law, he should be in the ground today. I could have this place surrounded by rabbis. Peter is not going into the ground right away. There was no suicide. Your friend was murdered. What? And I'll have to know a little bit more about this Mr. Andelman. Excuse me, before we respond to that, call me the nervous lawyer, but is this little session custodial? There's nothing custodial about it. I mean, he's free to go. Just having a conversation. This cop's killing it, too. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? There's no way that Marty had anything to do with this. That's for us to learn, Mr. Herrick. Detective, look, it's Marty. The thing is, Marty... Is not out yet, if you know what I mean. Now, if this gets written up in some greasy tabloid... Mr. Herrick! Look, Detective, I'm trying to tell you something here. You're barking up the wrong sissy. Marty... He couldn't pierce a crap, much less a sternum. The man faints phonetically at the sound of blood. Mr. Herrick, we're hearing 
Wait, that is such a good line. He faints, faints phonetically at the sound of blood. Which, that's so, like, I think David E. Kelly is bringing his A game for Mr. Larroquette today. Go ahead. Go ahead, what? There's no way that Marty had anything to do with this. That's for us to learn, Mr. Herrick. Detective, look, it's Marty. The thing is, Marty is not out yet. If you know what I mean. Now, if this gets written up in some time. greasy tablet, Mr. Herrick! Look, Detective, I'm trying to tell you something here. You're barking up the wrong sissy. That's a good line. Marty, if not slightly offensive. He's a crap, much less a sternum. The man faints phonetically at the sound of blood. Mr. Herrick, Same. we're hearing that Mr. Randleman made threats against Peter Feynman. Bring that synth in. Sam. You heard this from who? I think it's time that you answer my questions. There's no way I could get the case. Why? Did Bull have something to do with this? Because <laughs> Dickie Flood has it? Oh, Ross. great. Who's Dickie Flood? He and Bobby don't like each other. And he thinks this is a good chance to stick it to your firm. Did he say that? I no, have to revisit Night Court. got a bigger problem than him. What? The girl. Jennifer? Yeah, I didn't She's watch prepared to testify against you. What? That's crazy. She can't. How? It's a lie. Can you excuse us a second? Look, I don't know your boy here. I do. Who's this lawyer? Huh? That's Helen Gamble. We met her oh, last episode. Oh, yeah. She, her hair She's the DA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's telling the truth. Well, we've got two different stories. You want my advice? I love how we're doing a, a podcast about one series, you. and you didn't recognize a main cast member. No. <laughs> Come on, I got a black no. guy. How can you even suggest <laughs> I... This is my reputation, too. No. Jimmy. No. I heard no. Stop saying no for a minute and just listen. Look at me. You got a cop who will testify that he saw you give a known prostitute money and saw her begin to... She was attracted. Yeah. Yeah. Add to that testimony Ooh. from the Jane that it was... Jimmy just got jimmied. It got jimmied. Very subtle Jimmy. Very, it's like, a, she got jimmied. Now she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure someone finds you attractive, Jimmy. Yeah, sure, she found you attractive. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why she would do this. She's fussy about where she sleeps. She doesn't want it to be jail. But she's being dishonest. Another good line. David E. Kelly, bringing it. Gee. Yeah, the writing for well, all the schlockiness we've endured is starting to really find its cause, Harry. I'll try to shake her. But Jimmy, you gotta think about a plea. Which actually, interestingly... You see, it's it's funny me, that sir, Tommy Schlamy directed this. You've been totally forthcoming. This dialogue, detective, is if I wanted to hide anything from you, very sort of stylized words. and heightened, like okay. Aaron Sorkin, yeah. in a way that isn't that Mr. usually Randleman on the show. Never left his apartment, but yet we have witnesses that say that he left at ten past five, exactly six minutes after other witnesses say that he heard you and Mr. Randleman in an argument, a heated argument, in which he threatened Mr. Feynman. I w we need to gift that because it's hysterical. Uh, if I could just cycle it back just a, a hair. Um, and my sorry, my VLC detective, is being if a I wanted weird. to hide in right there. That the detective is on the rather large side. Let's just put it that way, and he is carrying the world's smallest cup of coffee. Smallest cup of coffee, which you know is definitely like empty anyway. Yeah, that's really funny. That's really funny. Anything from you, I would just use polysyllabic words. Okay. You say that Mr. Randleman never left his apartment, but yet we have witnesses that say that he left at ten past five, 
exactly six minutes after other witnesses say that he heard you and Mr. Randleman in an argument, a heated argument, in which he threatened Mr. Feynman. Those shoulder pads, Cameron Throckin. Okay. Yeah. Let's start a little. Did Mr. Andelman leave his apartment yesterday evening? Detective, there is no way that Marty committed this crime. How do you know that, sir? Because I know, for one thing, it isn't in Marty to kill anybody. It just isn't. Did he tell you that he was going to kill Peter? Look, Mr. Eric. Joan Lundstrom said that she was out on her balcony. Are you and Mr. Andelman fighting? She said that she heard things. She heard the word kill. Now, did Marty Andelman tell you that he was going to kill Peter Feynman? I need to speak with my lawyer. She's right next to you. And Joey, she's giving Joey, you some did you impressive not kill him? Are you just covering yeah, she up for this Marty does not have a good poker face. No, you talk to me. To I'm your lawyer. Bobby. What happened next, Miss Cole? Um, he... He said he Wait, might want. Hold um, on. I know that lawyer from somewhere. That is Donald Logue, who is uh, the other DA, and he is now deposing our hooker with a heart of gold. Uh, he is an actor. He you might know him most for he plays Harvey Bullock on the Gotham uh, TV show. Okay, but he he also did uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, Knights of Prosperity, a whole bunch of things. And I remember seeing him in a little indie film called The Tao of Steve in the year 2000, the only, uh, when I was in college, the only movie theater we could walk to and we didn't have a car was a little, tiny little indie theater. And this was the movie that looked the most like a movie. <laughs> and, it, and it was okay. Ooh, high praise. <laughs> he asked for oral sex. As a favor? No. I told him for him I'd just charge $60, and he said okay, and he gave me the money. But before we... the police came. Thank you. Wow. That's it for me. Miss Cole, you were arrested too, right? Yes. Your third arrest? Yes. In fact, one more conviction means going to jail, right? I don't know. You don't know? Did you make any deals with the district attorney, such as, say, you testify against Mr. Berluti and the charges against you get dropped? You make a deal like that, Miss Cole? That doesn't mean I'm lying. Did I mention anything about lying? But since you bring it up, you do agree you'd have an incentive to lie here, right? No. No? Avoiding jail, that's not an incentive to lie? I'm not lying. You're not. Could you please look at my client, Miss Cole? Objection! Sit down. Let's be nice, counsel. The objection's overruled. He came in pretty hot there for a pretty low Could you level please case. look at my client, Miss Cole? You're giving testimony that this man solicited you for sex last night. Is that your testimony today, Miss Cole? Mm. Yes. Okay. Let's try this once more, keeping in mind that perjury is a punishable crime. Objection! Sit down! Miss Doe! Wait, it's time. Uh. Who's that judge? Who's that judge? That judge is none other than Lynn Hamilton. 
uh, who will return as a judge on this series for seven more episodes. Uh, you might know her uh, from Sanford and Sons, and she was also in Roots: The Next Generation. Oh, which I, I didn't even I I vaguely knew that there was a Next Generation, but I never actually watched it. Uh, but I certainly watched Roots. My parents uh, sat me down, showed me Roots, like. I was maybe 10 or 11, and it just destroyed me. LeVar Burton, killing it as Kunta Quinte. Jennifer, did James Berluti really solicit you for sex? Unfortunately, I've had to ask my wife that so many times. Did Jimmy Berluti solicit her for sex? Yeah, and unfortunately, the answer's not always been no. No, but... Yes. See what I did there? <laughs> What's up? I don't have a clue. I'm not even sure he killed the guy now. What? Well, she's right. She doesn't have a clue. The focus is on the boyfriend. Well, I thought the boyfriend was dead. Oh, no, no, no. The other boyfriend. Look, this is more complicated than it seemed at first. I'm, can she be trusted? What's going <laughs> on? <clears throat> Obviously, Marty was involved and they're on to it. You know, right or wrong, I don't want to turn him in. Plus, I have my own problems. Wait, 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 wait. for wait. what? For me to tell you? I'm about to tell then you. Then do it! Come on, let's have it. Yeah. It happened it. pretty much how they pegged it. But what they don't know is that Peter threatened to kill Marty. Want to take some notes? Bite me. Come on. Yeah, I love but this set Marty off. He said he'd kill Peter. That's what the old sack of a woman heard on her balcony. So what the hell happened? Marty was ranting. And then he left. I didn't know where he was going. I don't... So... It's really, this is a really great example of how, you know, we've talked about the, how kind of cheesy it is when they're all in the office and they're talking each other, over each other and it, it comes across kind, right. of, kind of cheese ball. However, when you have all excellent actors, like, and you add an element like a Larroquette here who is just skilled at ensemble drama or ensemble yeah. repartee, it doesn't come across cheesy. You know what I mean? Like that little back and forth with him and, with Eleanor, him and Eleanor is really spicy and really kind of it's it really sizzles because they are good at what they do well i think it's that and they're not talking over each other they're zapping lines back and forth very quickly but they're not like everybody talking at the same time i certainly didn't think and then later i went over to peter's and i walked in that's when i found him there dead then why did you tell us you did it because I didn't want Marty to get caught. Plus, I thought I had the best chance of getting away with it. And what would make you think that? Well, I, I was practically living there. I knew my prints would be everywhere. I knew there couldn't be any witnesses since I really didn't do it. I just didn't want to incriminate Marty. Are you keeping up? Well, look, look, the game is over. They've tumbled to Marty. You're not going to be able to save him, so you better worry about saving yourself. And there I have a problem, too. Uh, uh, what? what? Excuse me, what's the problem? Um, during the argument when Marty said he had killed Peter, I kind of dared him. What do you mean you dared him? I accused him. I might have said something like, you fey little fly, you don't have the stones to kill a roach. Well, in retrospect... Not a great choice of words. 
Probably not. And then I tossed him the keys to the apartment, and I said, go ahead, show me. I didn't for a moment think that he would. But I may have incited him a little. All right. Um, we, we, we might be able to wiggle you out, but you're going to have to give him Marty. Can't do that. Well, you don't have a choice. You covered up after the fact, and they may be able to make an accessory charge before the fact. You got to play ball now. Joey? Um, Marty? Oh, Marty just walked These in. These are my lawyers. It's fine. Joey, they think I did it. They're asking me all kinds of questions. No, 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 Joey. They're after me. They're after me. gay boyfriend that is marty is played by stephen caffrey who uh he did an episode of columbo i and he did love columbo <laughs> do you really i really do me and my mom used to watch columbo all the time i love me some peter falk oh no kidding all right yeah well i mean i i can't like contractually like columbo because i'm writing a murder she wrote musical oh my god we've talked about this before <laughs> i know uh, he also, he did a lot of, uh, soap stuff. S- wait, cease and desist. Helen, this is a major sp- See, that was a, a callback to your Angela Lansbury experience. Was it? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> deep cut. You know, you've, you've gotten somewhere in your life when you forget that you've gotten a cease <laughs> and desist from Angela Lansbury. <laughs> yeah. That not many people can claim that. I'm pretty sure. It is true. I'm like, what are you talking about? But yes, I did actually receive a season desist from Angela Lansbury. And did it stop you? No. We just changed the title. I, don't know I mean, she didn't ask you. us to stop the show. She asked us to take her name out of the title of the show, which I think is perfectly fair. Absolutely. Oh, you just call Jessica Fletcher now? Yeah. Things look like they look. There was no way he wasn't going to find PC. Jimmy. Can I talk to you in private? Pum pum pum. Jimmy, can I talk to you so in private? Just tell me why. They told me that I would go to jail, but nothing would really happen to you. Something's already happened to me, Jennifer. <laughs> I gotta go. I had no idea. Oh, I wouldn't be trying to obstruct justice now, would we? You How's that Boston accent for you? Really? Tell me about yourself. I think he's actually from Boston. I'm just a Joe with a wrong right. memory. Funny. So am I. Oh. A grudge? A grudge. This is happening because of a br- grudge with Bobby. That's some unethical shit right, right listen, there. Listen, Bob, I need an appointment with the DA tomorrow at 10 a.m., Okay. Great, I'll hold. Look, I told you what. Oh, that's a cool camera shot. So don't worry, don't worry. The point is, you haven't kept me out of it, Joe. Tommy Slami. I think it's time for me to go get a lawyer. Well, if you do that, you could look more suspicious. I, I would just wait to see how things go. No, I told you, I can handle this. But I can't, unless you let me. Okay. This Larroquette character has given me a lot of uh, shades of of um, Fraser Crane. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he does actually. Like, well, they they physically have a similar stature. Yeah, that's and, true. Like, and confidence and like deep baritone voice. your ass. The man is the main suspect, and we're saying no worries. You don't need a lawyer. If he gets another lawyer in there, it could turn into a free for all. I can't turn on him, Bobby. I just can't. Oh yes, you can. You dared the guy to commit murder. You threw him the keys, and after he did it, you, you played with the evidence. Accessory, aiding and abetting. Bobby gets really incredulous with these people who aren't actually the murderers. You overcall the rabbi. Right, right. Well, he gets incredulous about kind of everything. Yeah, that's true. Obstruction of justice. Except for his way. own ridiculous behavior. To turn against Marty. Now, I understand you don't like the choice, but Joey, it is your only choice. How'd it go? <laughs> Not good. Bound over. What's with this DA flood? Yeah, he butted heads a few times. I caught him playing fast on Discovery once, reported him to the bar. Well, he's out for revenge. I think he coerced the girl into giving false testimony. Can you prove it? I think we'd all be a little more cheerful if we could. Jane, what are you guys doing? Phoning up on immunity. Yeah, this seems to be sizzling, Joey Herring. They're not going to be granting immunity. They're like siblings, the way they banter. Hey. Right? Hey. You okay? For all that trouble, I should have just got the blowjob. Jimmy, what can you right? do? Right, I mean, she's lying you're gonna to get save her neck. Caught for it. You know you're it. innocent. I'm not so sure. What do you mean? I wasn't paying her, Rebecca. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't push your hand away neither, and I'm not sure I was gonna. Mm. A hooker gets me off for money, or she gives me a freebie. What's the real difference? There is a difference. I've disgraced myself. <laughs> Jimmy, you say you're not sure you... Jimmy, you did, you did embezzle a loan for your buddy. I mean, not, how's the view from up there? I'm going to push her away, which means you also might have... Look, I'm not an expert. But when a pretty woman puts her hand on a single man's genitalia, I bet on average most men give a little pause. You don't know me. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, that, I think that was a, some like compassionate words of wisdom from our friend Rebecca. Mm -hmm. I think she's being very fair. When a woman touches your dink, you give it a think. I will grant immunity only actually, that was if we convict. Good. Not a chance, Gene. Even with his testimony, you've got a wobbler. Wait. You are nowhere. I know just be from somewhere. Now, uh, we have just witnessed some acting royalty on our screen because that uh, that lawyer, the uh, the new DA handling this, is none other than Anna Gunn from, of course, Breaking Bad, from Deadwood, from uh, any number of things. She was in Sully as well. So really, all the, you know, like, again... Hats off to the casting department of this show because mm -hmm. everybody they bring in goes on to be a star. Absolutely. So, Guinea, uh, welcome, Anna Gunn. Shut up. You have done enough investigating to know that you're in trouble. You may not even make probable cause, Gene. We're not too worried. How can you not be? There is a city councilman who is dead. People want to know who stuck that knife in him. And they will. How? When? You 
You've got one lousy witness who said she saw Andelman leave his own apartment, another with 80-year-old ears who said she heard the word kill, and a cop with a sociological bent on homos. Great. This man gives you the threats. This man gives you the money. Tossing homo around quite a bit. Yeah, well, let's yeah, hear some boy. more about that. The now, language doesn't You age say well. that the victim threatened Marty first. Several times. The last time being the morning of the murder. Yes. Did you hear the threats? <sighs> yes. And what were the words exactly? Peter said that he was a powerful city councilman, that he had friends in the North End, that he would make sure Marty was found face down with his underwear around his ankles, so that the whole case would just be thrown in the nobody cares file. If he gets us the conviction, then he gets his immunity. Do you think I'm stupid, Gene? Total immunity for any involvement or he doesn't testify. I'm not sure I'm going to testify in the matter. Joey. No, Helen. Joey, would you just No, you're dead? asking me to betray a man I happen to love. A man who committed murder, Mr. Herrick. I don't know that he did. He never admitted it to me. You know, it's possible he's just a victim of a lot of terrible circumstances. I don't know. What I do know is I love him. And I'm not going to wind up being one of those terrible circumstances that puts him in prison forever. That's, that's, a, that's a more, that's a, I understand that morality of that. Just throw up the contract. Now, but I'll make can sure you understand? Silent. You should pause it right there because I really think you need to consider what's going on with her collar. She's popping it. She's a rock star. She has popped the collar so that she has actually formed a perfect square around her neck with her collar, mm -hmm. which I don't think I've ever really seen before. It's, 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 there's some, it's a little like Queen Victoria with like the huge like neck installation, but instead of like a round ruffle, it's a literal square of collars. She told me that she's going to wear it to our interview. Oh, earrings. Jennifer, hi, I'm Rebecca Washington. I'm not supposed to talk Rebecca to you. Let Rebecca out of the office. Jennifer, please. Hey, Tommy. Could I just speak to you for a second? They told me not to talk to anybody. So is this hotel supposed Jennifer, to be like the little flea bag hotel Jennifer, that rents by the hour for yeah, the prostitutes? Don't you see that guy who's passed out on the couch, the heroin addict? But like, meanwhile, it's Everybody all like mistakes. marble and the two columns. Kinds, the kind you get over and the kind you don't. Uh-huh. And there's the kind that you go to jail for and the kind you don't. Jennifer, 15 years from now, you are going to be a different person in a different place. The hooking, you'll be able to put that behind you. For what you're doing to Jimmy, I'm here trying to save him, but you might want to try saving yourself a little too. Here it like Rebecca as the world's conscience. She's now like going door to door as Rebecca the Cricket. That DA <laughs> you had that in your back pocket. I sure did. And he says if I don't do this, he'll tell my pimp that I turned on him. It doesn't take long for girls to end up dead, you know. So it's the extortion. DA is full-on yeah. But she is scared to death. She is not going to talk. I think I need to pay this district attorney a little visit. Eugene, yeah, you Eugene, you better pick your help. teeth. The I'll just talk to him. Right. Well, let's just talk to Bobby first. Sniff well, him. if they ever get out of there. You want jail, Joey? Because they got enough to make it happen. 
No, I don't want jail. But Look, I, I know it's hard to turn against someone you care about. I do. Just sign Bobby, the just paper, do your tie Joey, all the way before up. it comes I mean, and stabs you next. Bullshit. I signed this paper. I signed Marty's life Not away. He killed a guy. You sign it and you guarantee your freedom. You don't sign it and you pretty much guarantee yourself jail. Either you do it or you get yourself new lawyers because we're done with you. Oh, shit. You just got Jimmy, Larroquette. All right, Bobby. All yelling at him. Yep, at the probable cause hearing. Every word. And if you don't, no immunity. And it would really break my heart, Joey, to see you suffer. Why don't you go grab a pizza, Jumbo? Wow. Whoa. Okay, I've had enough. That would not fly today, I don't think. Why don't you just go grab a pizza, Jumbo? Jumbo. Yikes. He's signing the immunity agreement, but he's pissed. Yeah. Happy. Happy. Like you're doing this for me? I'm glad you can look at this as some kind of game, Joey. How nice it must feel to be putting us through all the exercise. That's not what it's about. It is what it's about. It's always what it's about with you. You strutting around being smarter than the rest of the world. Well, you don't look so smart right now, do you? He just signed an interview. Three, two, one, two, but four. But they gave us no backstory on what their relationship is. So that, like, all that frustration, I wish I had well, a little more hope. Exactly. The the backstory is everyone who ever goes into this room is an old friend of Bobby. Yeah. They probably bang. Commonwealth he's, versus he's, Andelman. Murder true, Bobby in does first get around. degree. Steve Robinson for the defendant. Your Honor, we'll waive what's left of the reading and ask for bail. We're opposing bail, Your Honor. This was a vicious murder, and we consider the defendant both a... Th You're one to talk. I mean, your husband cooks meth. Threat and a flight risk. Simple That's stab true. wound, crime of passion. There's no danger killed, to society. Like, a thousand no people. flight risk. No bail. I'll also be seeking a probable cause That's our old judge friend. These charges are Agreed. We can do the PC tomorrow. 10 o'clock? Splendid. Put the defendant back in lockup. So many See you pencils. all tomorrow. 10 a.m. Sharp. Hang in your morning. Hey, Bobby. Your guy better come through for his own sake. Yeah, why? Because Marty's figured out who's pointing the finger. All I've got is Joey's testimony to make PC, and if he doesn't get the job done, then Marty walks. We know what a temper he has. Ooh. Oh, is Larry Cat gonna end up dead? So many more minutes left. Sorry, all full. What a pleasure. What are you doing? You tell Jennifer Coles you might have to have a conversation with her pimp. Eugene's coming oh. in. Okay. Okay, so far I got you on false imprisonment. You want to keep going? I'm thinking about it. You crossed the line, Dickie. You coerced that girl, made her afraid for her life. Oh, and how that must shock the sensibilities of your firm. Bobby had me up on a rule 11 once just so he could buy time to find a lost witness. And another time, he tried to whack me with discovery sanctions just to pull another stall. Well, he never extorted you. No, 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 no. He does what he does to get his results, Eugene. Well, I can play that game, too. If I got to squeeze some Jane to make a John, I got no problem sleeping. He's recording this. She's afraid, yeah. She should be. I think I'll take the stairs. 
Yeah. He totally stood going up to down. Eugene. Yeah, going down, Eugene says. Boom. I can't go through with it. Oh. I beg your Hook her with a heart of gold and dicky here. To lie. No, no, Jennifer. I am asking you to tell the truth exactly as it happened. And if you don't stick to the truth, that's when things are going to get ugly for you, okay? You lose a deal, you violate probation, and you're looking at. Acting 101. When playing a sleazeball, just say the lines, but be chewing gum with but only one side of your mouth. And a jail sentence. And what you so rarely see somebody chew gum on TV. Out, I got his name for you. Please. Just tell the truth. Yeah, Flynn Boyle. Helen Gamble's watching. So Good shot with the reflection. Me. If he thinks you're the one who's putting him away. Maybe I shouldn't be putting him away. Just review the document. Marty's defense will be able to subpoena the immunity agreement. So if your testimony wavers from this, you screw it all up. You're on. Oh, there was that guy's 15 minutes. Oh, something's gonna happen here. Uh, get ready for What's it. What's up? I'm ready. What's up? What's up is you've got a vendetta against Bobby Donald. You think so? Yeah, I do. He does what he does to get the results he needs. You well, were right. Evening. He was I being recorded. Wow, and Deglio fucking called it, dude. He was wearing a wire. He's got one of those fillings that picks up radio signals. So what? I didn't say anything there. We always squeeze during plea bargaining. And what's your captain going to say when he finds out that I got his name? What the hell is this dateline? Bodily harm you threatened. What are you doing? We all know you don't like Bobby Donald. This doesn't smell good, Dickie. Let it go. What the hell is your interest in this, Helen? I don't like it. I'm screwing Bobby Let Donald also. And if I don't? I'll get involved. You think you got a shot, you take it. I will. Keep going ahead with this case. I definitely will. I gave Berluti a lie detector. He passed it. Drop the case, or we've got a war. We had an off-camera lie detector for Jimmy. Then we're gonna do two lie detecting scenes in a row. It's over. Case dismissed. Really? Consider it expunged. Oh my god. Thank you. For the rest of my life, I... I you don't I mean, know me. Nah, I know her. We got a lot of seasons left, Jimmy. If something tells me this ain't the last time you're in trouble. <laughs> they might have used up a favor they might need later. Yeah. Can you ever forgive me? Well, it depends. I see a storage closet over there. And... Oh, come on. She's very brave in the end. I know I can't really undo it. <laughs> I deserved it. But I am sorry. I believe you. And I'd forgive you, but I'm afraid you'd get all grateful on me, which is kind of what started everything. 
Look at her jean jacket. <laughs> so Mr. Feynman bum, bum, first bum, threatened bum. Mr. Andelman's life. Yes, Peter. All right, so Jimmy's all wrapped up. Jimmy has been expunged. Jimmy's all wrapped up. So, so now, now we got to find out what does Larroquette do on the stage? Say on the stand. <laughs> he said that since Marty was gay, the police would probably fob it off to the vice squad where it would collect dust. He said the file would probably decompose before Marty did. Do you have an opinion as to whether Mr. Andelman took these threats seriously? I know we both did. When was the last of these threats made, Mr. Herrick? The day of Peter's death. Could you describe the events of that day which led up to the time that you discovered Mr. Feynman? <sighs> yes. Marty had just been threatened again, and he was reacting in an out-of-control manner. Out of control, how so? He said he'd kill Peter. I mean, he was just saying it in my mind, or so I thought. Then he and I got into it. You two got into it. Marty was blasting me for letting it get to this point. We shouted. All of a sudden, I'm accusing him of not having the courage to kill Peter. You said that to him? Yes, I, I suppose, in a way, I, I challenged him to do it. Then I tossed him the keys to the apartment and said, mm. go ahead, do it. Oh, he signed and immunity, right? He left. Yep. I still, I still didn't think he would do it. But an hour passed, and he had to come back. I decided to drive over there. And when you drove over to Peter Feynman's apartment, what did you find? Peter. Dead. Not yet. He was still alive when I got there. Oh. It hadn't happened. Shit. <laughs> well, then what happened next? Peter and I got into a huge argument. I, I lost my temper. I picked up the knife and stabbed him. You stabbed him in the heart. He went down like a sack of bricks. What is going on here? Pardon me. Mr. Herrick, yesterday you told me that Mr. Andelman did it. I certainly did not, Counsel. I said that he had threatened to do it. If you remember, I specifically said that I was responsible for the death. You never came out and said that you had done they it. They didn't record his testimony? Not. I didn't have immunity then. Now, I do. They got Jimmy! Yeah, he did it. I continually wow, maintain that was he could have done it. Don't get cute, Mr. Herrick. The entire spirit of this agreement was for you to deliver Marty Andelman, and you damn well know it. I testified to absolutely everything on that paper. I was word perfect. Could I see that, Judge? No. Did you know about this? Of course not. I was as duped as you. Duped. I'm sorry, Gene. So, uh, uh, wait a second. When Marty left to go to the victim's apartment... He never went there. He went to the public gardens, fed the ducks. Can you believe it? Says he's going to kill somebody, and he feeds ducks. I told you, he didn't have it in him. Nobody does in this job. So what's the, the truth? The agreement should be voided on the grounds of fraud. Well, he did testify in accordance with its terms. Truth Threats, is, he killed them. Your Honor, this entire did, thing did you, should... Did, did, you, did you ever ask him if he did it? Well, I didn't think that it was necessary. Everything here is the truth. Everything he said on the stand may be the truth. I mean, did you ever ask Shit. him flat out if he was the killer? Good one, Judge. No. But this entire thing was premised on the... on that Marty was the killer. He's guilty of murder. 
you are guilty of a gun. But since it's not Bobby's case, since they're just in the they're just they're just watching this happen, they're not technically losing. That awful sloppy immunity agreement. But the bottom line is, it's enforceable. Yeah, he still is a free man. Uh, he, they wonder how I could strut around feeling smarter. Your Honor, I want to conduct a hearing to establish the validity of that contract. The contract says what the contract says. Unfortunately, I signed off on it. I would like to know what part you two played in this. None. He spun us from the beginning. You bet I did. And it was delicious. I mean, I had him shoving that agreement down my esophagus. You should have seen it. We can still file federal claims. Oh, come on, skinny. I don't think I checked that out. Your only appeal is on the talk shows. Oh, go sell a book. Boom. Larroquette with quite... Oh, what a... <clears throat> What a mic drop moment for okay. him. Right? What happened? Well, everything worked out for Joey, too. He's free and clear. Well, this is good. Listen, uh, I, I would have said this an hour ago, but I was afraid I'd get weepy. <laughs> I really like Jimmy. The way you yeah, three stuck up for me. I'm never going to forget that. I remember sitting with my dad when I was little, when this limo drove by. I said, I want to grow up to be rich someday, too. He said, you can't tell from limos if a guy's rich. You got to measure his friends. Well, working with you guys, being able to count you as my friends, I feel pretty... I know... You went to her hotel, and I know what you said. I wish my dad could have met you. He'd see how rich I turned out to be. Jimmy! Oh. Very sweet. It hit what a little hard. I had no idea. I just got well, out They didn't need this like underscore properly. I was stunned. No. Why'd you kill him, Mr. Herrick? I didn't like his politics. Plus, he threatened a loved one. I was prepared to go with self-defense. Fortunately, I was granted immunity. I think the main thing is justice was served, and I'm proud to be an American. Aren't you afraid of being sued civilly? All my assets are in offshore trust. Oh, they can have my Heisman. Mr. Randleman, are you afraid of being with this man? I mean, you now know he killed Wow. I have no comment on that. You know, I, I think that eventually Marty and everyone will realize I didn't have to get on the stand and admit it, but the truth has always been my the, final the destination. TV. And I think we can agree yeah. the truth came out here today with a splendor. <laughs> it was rich. Oh, do we see Larroquette again? Do oh. we see him again, Keith? We got another one uh -huh. off, I guess. Yep. You didn't do anything. Gotta admit, we're pretty good at what we do. No, you're yeah. not good at what you do. Larroquette did all of that. Wow. They didn't do anything. What an episode. The ending right? there was great. Fun, huh? Woo! And I, 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 you know what? I'm not going to tell you whether Larroquette comes back. Okay. No spoilers. Oh. Oh, that was rad, man. Okay. That was a good one, right? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Oh, God. So much fun. All right. Well, we have a, uh, we have a few more very important things to do, beginning with, uh, more.
So, uh, crazy episode, super fun. Who's your most valuable lawyer here? I think I have a strong vote for Eugene again. He once again had to, did what he had to do behind the scenes this time to help out his mm-hmm. colleague. He did. He, uh, you know, I. That's not and, really lawyering, and, I guess. Well, it, I mean, it is. It's certainly lawyerish, and uh, and I I'm with you there. Although I'd I'd love to know who actually set up the whole scheme, like who designed it. Yeah, because it could have been uh, the the new DA we love. Could it could have been Helen Gamble? Could have been Lindsay Dole, um, but certainly, yeah. And and, and it's it, it, with the with the Joey Herrick case, the John Larroquette case. Like our lawyers did a good job, but they got played the whole time. Yeah, they, that's yeah <laughs> that. So I, I like I I could definitely see giving it to Eleanor, but like he spun all of that. He did all of that, right? So, so Larroquette almost could get the uh, the award there as well. Well, truly, yeah. Uh, so I think my vote, I'm going to go with Helen Gamble. Okay. Uh, because she was she was the DA who actually like put it all together and took the action and made sure that justice was done. Okay, I like that. I like that. In fact, I, mean, I think a Eugene Helen uh, combo is 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 fair there. Okay, they worked all in right. conjunction. We did it. So. Uh, and now, for the next one, I have a proposal. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's tough to do because we're changing horses midstream. But in a, in a situation like this, it makes it kind of obvious to me, and we did it for the whole season, I think we need a best actor from the cast and a best actor, best guest actor. Totally. That's good. I, I feel like that's, I think, I think we should add, add that. So, uh, you we have two decisions to make. Case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. John Larroquette, without even close comparison, chewed every bit of scenery, kept it grounded, great repartee with the cast and his fellow co-stars. I think it's a no-brainer. He runs yeah. away with this. Yeah, no question. No question. I mean, it is the showiest role that we've had on the show so far. And we, we're going to have some pretty fun showy roles, but like he just crushed it. And also got to play the villain at the end, which is great. And he got to play the villain. And, and you know, if you really think of, well, I'll, I'll do it when we get to the episodes, uh, the final. So yes. Yeah, so that's definitely best guest actor. Congratulations. Uh, John Larroquette. You are the best guest actor in this episode. So who is the best main cast member? Some great, once again, some great stuff. But I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to Jimmy. He really touched me deep inside today. Yeah, I, I, I thought we had some, some really good moments um, from, from Dylan McDermott in this. Yes, like, thank God. We're like getting his, him back a little bit now. Yeah, like his, his anger there seemed legitimate. I, although I, it's sort of predicated on stuff we've seen off camera, but the actual acting of the scene I thought was very good. I thought... Uh, Mannheim gave some really excellent side eye, but I'm with you. I think uh, definitely Michael Badalucho as Jimmy just brought so much heart and comedy to this. So congratulations on your best actor for season two, episode two, which leaves us with one more important thing that I must play and find 
on. Yes, this stall tactic is very nice, Keith. It's so important that I find. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Okay, this is a really interesting one. Uh, like this episode for me is. It might be the most entertaining episode of the series thus far. There's, there are, I have some bones to pick with it. And mainly because, uh, 21 years later, a lot of the gay stuff was icky. Mm -hmm. Although to be fair, they really did, you know, Eleanor does call out homophobia where she sees it. And I think, I think that's great. And, uh, but the trope the first gay character we see on the show is a charming sociopathic murderer yeah <laughs> but i think that they're they use that as a red herring more than anything his gayness you know what i mean oh for for sure for they don't, sure they don't play it for camp they don't and and it doesn't feel like the writing or that that uh Kelly is trying to make any points whatsoever for or against. No, you know what I mean? no, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I, I feel about it the same way I felt about, um, Eleanor's, uh, like, uh, her dating arc yeah. in the first season. Like if this was the second major arc for that character or that type of character, I'm on board. I don't like it as the introductory arc. Yeah, uh, fair. but that said, I, I the episode that aside I, is an absolutely terrific episode. It's like they they told a ton of storytelling. They uh, you know each one of these could be a stories, mm-hmm. and and could be stretched out over a couple of couple of episodes. But they got all of that in without feeling rushed. Yeah, and it and it also revisits that kind of thread we've visited before of. You know, who are these people we're getting off? What is our job, really? You know, it's exploring that gray area. I have to say, Keith, I, I'm I'm hovering between an 8.5 and a 9 spare tires. I just really yeah. thought it was excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think I, 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 I don't remember because I'm not a good podcaster, but I think I gave uh, episode four of season one eight, eight and a half spare tires. Okay, then I think we got to so, crank it to a 9. I think so, too. I'm okay. going to give this a nine spare tires. I'm with you. So that gives it an official 9.0 rating. 9.0 rating. Congratulations. Now I could see how badly you have to tinkle. So I think we're just going to have to slowly get into the final credits. And we think, hmm. <laughs> about where do we go? Where is the final credits? Gotta be here somehow. Hmm. Oh boy. Don't you, I, don't you just wish that I could find this? <laughs> don't you wish I could find the final thing? All right, I did it. Guys, you made it through season two, episode two of Out of Practice Podcast. Congratulations. Feel free to write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or visit our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. We're on Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. We're also on Facebook. Check us out. We'll be, you know, throwing some stuff up there if we ever decide to be professional podcasters. Now, when I was just making the fake outro music, I have to say yeah. I was pretty damn close to right on pitch. So uh, yeah, well, well done. I mean, that's that really is our professionalism showing. Yes, yeah, true. I Can uh, you tell? I hope I was recording this whole time. Yes, I was. That's great. Oh, that's great because. 
we're not doing this again. Well, We've been we down that do, road before. We would release just me talking with no audio from the show and none of you talking and just roll with it and see what we happens. We would absolutely do that. And the one person who <laughs> listens would just have to deal. Oh, and Cameron. Ladies and gentlemen, the five-star rated Out of Practice podcast. Five-star by four people, four of which were probably us. Hooray for us. So, if you ever need someone murdered, John Larroquette, you can be contacted at Willie Morse Agency. Probably. Laser Laser sounds. sounds. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero, Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Wisdom of One.